Hello? Hello, Austin. What's your... Why are you calling my landline? Well, this is the only number that I had for you on file, but that's not the point, because I have a question Oh my for god, you. is this Ghostface? Uh, no. I'm the biggest stab fan. What? I've been waiting my whole... Are you gonna... Are you gonna ask me a trivia question? Hold on. How would you even know this is Ghostface? I've seen all the stab movies ten times each. My favorite is Stab I don't care about the stab movies. Are you gonna stab me? <laughs> Enough about the stab movies. The ghost face in those is just a cheap killer, an actor in a shitty outfit. I'm real. And if you don't answer my questions correctly, then I'm going to kill you. Okay, ghost face. Whatever you say. <sighs> I almost don't want to ask my questions to you anymore. You're No, very... you got to. I'll be so... I'll stab myself if you don't ask me. Okay, I'll hold you to it. See ya. Ah! <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are two guys that are still trying to decide what our favorite scary movie is. I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm getting a little woozy here. And I'm Austin Terry. And there's no Deputy Dewey in sight for this film, so I loved it. On today's show, of course, we are talking about yet another new release in theaters, this time with Scream 6. They keep coming out the last few weeks. Some have been good, some have been terrible. We'll see what we think about this one. Um, I don't know how you feel, Austin. I guess let's just go ahead and get into it. We can have a, a quick little intro today. Um, but yeah, we're kind of in an interesting place with this one. Um, I think it's going to set the stage nicely for our opening thoughts here. Uh, non-spoilers, of course. But if I recall, uh, just a year ago, not very long ago, you declared that last year's Scream 5 to be your favorite of the franchise, while Keith and I thought it was actually uh, one of the worst, one of the lower end ones, not the biggest fan. Well, you actually ranked Scream 1, and then you ranked Scream 5, so you're lying to me right now. You get you put Scream 5 as your number two Scream film. Oh, that's right, I did. Yeah. I guess just by, like, <laughs> competency default of it. <laughs> I actually would genuinely rank it lower now, uh, with uh, some time in between. I've rewatched all of them since then. And I, I feel like I remember with Scream 5, I ranked it higher just because I was like, I mean, I guess it's more competent than the other ones. It feels more of like an actual movie <laughs> and not like a VHS straight to video thing. But yeah, I think now I would rank it uh, much lower. I just think the other ones uh, have that special uh, Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson uh, comedy and meta nature. Anyway, besides the point, it stands to remain that you really like Scream 5 and I really didn't. So. I want to know, uh, what were your expectations going into this one, since you liked the predecessor? And, of course, let us all know your non-spoiler thoughts on Scream 6. Yeah, I frankly was dreading uh, seeing Scream 6, despite how much I love Scream 5, because I was on the record last year saying I did not want another Scream movie to be made, uh, because I just kind of thought they struck gold with Scream 5, and I was worried we were in for kind of a Halloween 2018 to Halloween kill situation, where the next one is just so bad after a pretty decent reboot. Uh, but I'm happy to say I was completely wrong. Scream 6 is a total blast in theaters, um, and I think I can confidently say it's my favorite one they've ever made. Um, I think it just improves on everything they set up in Scream 5. I think the cast is better used. I think the performances are better. And then I also, for for me with this franchise, I've never really enjoyed um, kind of the comedy meta nature. It, it just has always kind of fallen flat for me. Um, and with Scream 6, they lean more into the horror thriller elements. And I thought 
ghost face in this movie is so much scarier. It's a very angrier ghost face. And I just enjoyed um, feeling like this cast is actually in danger and that ghost face was a threat. My only nitpicks would, would be I do think it is a bit too long, and I thought the reveal of the killer in Scream 5 was better done in Scream 6. But overall, had a blast for Scream 6, and now I uh, really hope they make more, and I kind of hope they go for a trilogy with this new cast and crew. Yeah, I think they definitely will. Uh, maybe even more. We'll see. Yeah, um, I am, this time, I am with you on my thoughts on a, a Scream movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, had an absolute blast watching it, thought it was thrilling, a great time, uh, j- just a good time at the movies. And I will tell you this, uh, if you've been listening to the last two weeks when we talked about Cocaine Bear and Creed Three, I had miserable movie theater going experiences, but I can say confidently that I was in a packed theater there were some diehard Scream fans there. They did like an opening like trivia game before the commercial started with a guy in Ghostface costume with the voice asking oh, questions. Cool. Um, people were really into it and they were very respectful. They were quiet. But when there were pops in the theater, when certain things happened, we got some cheers. We got some claps. So shout out to you, Scream fans. You guys are my kind of people. I was in an empty theater. It was oh. me and four other people. <laughs> I was shocked when I walked into mine and it was like almost completely full. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, back to the movie itself. It's it's so weird because like, I guess I'll start with, I agree with you that this is be- this is better than Scream 5 in every way. Where does it rank amongst the rest of them for me? Honestly, I think the only one that it's fighting for is the original Scream. I think it's I better than all of the sequels. Um, again, maybe it's nostalgia, but I do really think there's something special about the original. But to stick with Scream 6, I, I kind of bring up the original because <sighs> how do I word this? I really, really love this movie, but I still have questions about the state of Scream right now. Post Scream 5, if that makes sense, because like, hmm, Scream to me has always been like a meta slasher first and foremost. And of course you can also call it a comedy. You could also call it a horror, even though that's what it's like lampooning. But to me, this is a horror movie. So that's kind of interesting to talk about because I would never have called the Scream franchise a horror franchise first and foremost. So I guess on one hand, I really appreciate that this movie is doing something very different for Scream. And I think, you know, when you're six movies in, it's totally cool to innovate and try something new. Um, But then there's also downsides to that, too, I guess. It's like, was this movie super funny? It definitely had its moments, but there was something missing there. And just like with Scream 5, I think some of that like cutting meta uh, subversive stuff, it is there. But I just don't think it's as interesting as some of the stuff that like Wes Craven or uh, Kevin Williamson did in the originals. Like, I won't spoil anything yet, but. They do a whole, of course, Randy Meek style. Here are the new rules for what we're dealing with now. And they call it a franchise. And I heard that and I kind of laughed at myself. I'm like, we've always been in a franchise. <laughs> like, why are, Why is it a franchise now? And then the rules they say are like, are these, these aren't really rules that I would equate to a franchise. And then the movie kind of plays with that a little bit. It kind of doesn't. So it kind of begs the question why they introduced them in the first place. So there's some cool meta stuff in there. Not all of it works, but that's okay. I guess what I'm saying is I really had a great time with this movie, but some parts of it feel Scream and some parts of it just feel like a really good horror movie that's not part of the Scream franchise, if, if that makes sense. Um, but anyway, I have a lot to say about this. A lot of nitpicks, but a lot of great stuff. I completely agree with you that the cast in this one kind of knocks it out of the park. I was pretty critical of Melissa Barrera in Scream 5. I I like her as an actress, but I just thought that performance was so 
kind of wooden and hollow. And she knocks out of the park here. And they also fix the thing that I think they should have done in Scream 5. And they kind of made the main characters this one, Sam and Tara. So you get Jenna Ortega a lot more in this one. She's great. Having those two be kind of the double header at the f- like forefront of the movie was definitely the right call. Um, so yeah, I thought this movie was great. Had an awesome time. Can't wait to talk more about it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that cast improvement. And I think for me, when it comes to the comedy and like meta nature side of this franchise, for someone like me who's never found these movies particularly funny, I've always kind of found them just campy and cheesy. I think they found the right balance for someone who just prefers their stuff to be scarier. Um, so for me, like the the meta commentary and stuff still made me chuckle in this one, but I was happy they didn't dedicate so much time to trying to be meta and funny like they did in Scream 5. Um, and then Scream 1, I still think is just that iconic movie. Um, but every time Scream 1 would like start to get scary, it would then go right back into the comedy. Yeah. So this one actually like followed through with their scares, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. So with that, let's go ahead and get into spoiler territory. I'm very happy to be talking about a Scream movie that I certainly recommend. It sounds like Austin's right there with me. So if you have not seen Scream 6, I definitely, I mean, you should go see this in theaters. If you're going to see this, you should see it in a theater with a bunch of people. Have a good time. Um, And yeah, and then come on back and listen to the rest of our episode because we're about to break it all down. And there is a lot to talk about. All right, Austin, here we are in spoiler territory. We don't have our young friend and co-host Keith here to help you do the cast, so I'll have to jump in, and hopefully he'll be back next week. So hit me with the crew side. All right, so Scream 6 is directed by Matt Bedellini-Open and Tyler Gillette, who are both returning from Scream 5. Um, The movie is written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, who are also both returning from Scream 5. Um, Our score is composed by Brian Taylor and Seb Falconer, and of course, based on characters created by Kevin Williamson. All right. And we have a big cast here. So we have Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy, Mason Gooding as Chad. And then this time around, we also have Dermot Mulroney as Detective Bailey, Liana Liberato as Quinn, Jack Champion as Ethan, Josh Segarra as Danny. Um, the ghost of Skeet Ulrich's Billy Loomis does indeed <laughs> return again. Um, we have uh, the greats. We have Samara Weaving as Laura and Tony Revolori as Jason as part of our opening kills. Uh, we got we got our girl. We got Hayden P. Hayden Panettiere returning as Kirby Reed from Scream 4 and Courtney Cox returning as Gail Weathers. And of course, it's hard to talk about Scream without talking about Ghostface. And of course, the iconic Roger L. Jackson is back once again doing the voice. All right, Austin. So who do we need to talk about here? We have a lot of names. Uh, What are the highlights? Can be positive or negative? Yeah, you scared me in the opening because I was worried you were going to steal my thunder with Melissa Barrera. Um, I'm going to do something unprecedented. I'm going to give her the honorary Mark Hamill Most Improved Actress of the Year Mm. uh, for her performance from Scream 5 to Scream 6. She was my negative in Scream 5. I called her hollow. I said she couldn't act in the emotional scenes and usually she was overacting. All that is fixed in this film. Her performance is fantastic and she totally carried this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I always knew she was a really good actress from like In the Heights and other stuff I had seen that maybe that she was in. I don't know. But yeah, there was something off in Scream 5. I don't know what it was, but uh, it's all fixed here. (laughs) So (laughs) shout outs. And it's also interesting on the crew side that I mean, the writing and directing team is the exact same, which I almost want to give them like (laughs) props to because I think they kind of I know I I disagree with you on this, but I think they kind of made a dud with five and then like one year almost to the day later they turn out something so much better like you would have expected it was a different team but yeah good for them 
And this is continuing a nice little uh, tradition for me, Matt, because last year I gave David Arquette the honorary most improved actor of the year because he just became a good actor. <laughs> he just flipped a switch and did it. Uh, <laughs> for me in the cast, it's tough. I think everybody's good in the movie, whether or not I like some of the characters. We'll talk about that. But acting all around is A+. I thought Mason Gooding got a little bit more to do this time as Chad. thought he was charming and super fun to watch. Uh, how he survived at the end. Have some questions about it. Uh, but I think <laughs> they did that in the last one too. They also he did it like in Scream too. I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of Scream is in, at the end of Scream One, Dewey gets stabbed in the back with a knife and passes out, and then just wakes up in a hospital <laughs> like stretcher at the end. And then in Scream Two, he gets stabbed several times by Ghostface while Courtney Cox looks on screaming. And then at the end of the movie, he just gets wheeled out on a stretcher again. <laughs> so I think they're continuing that trend. It's kind of funny, but also ridiculous. I think my main cast shout out, uh, I think I've made it known uh, in the lead up to this movie, but I love Hayden Panettiere. Uh, I've always loved her. She's a great actress and everything. It feels like she's kind of um, left the spotlight a little bit these last few years. I think she's been focusing on other things, Um, but I'm really glad she came back for this. And there's just something about her. I don't know. The way she delivers lines, it's like there's like a sly kind of wit to it. I like the dry nature of the character, but it's also funny. Uh, She's just engaging to watch, and I really liked seeing her come back. I thought she was serviceable. I think that she's a bit underused in this one. Like every time she pops up, I was like, oh, yeah, she's in this movie. I forgot yeah. about her. But when she's on screen, I thought she was good. All right. So you know what we had to say about Scream 6, but let's see what everybody else had to say. So Scream 6 has so far received generally positive reviews and currently has a 77% over on Rotten Tomatoes. Besides critical consensuses, certain aspects of horror's most murderously meta franchise may be going stale, but a change of setting and some inventive set pieces help keep Scream 6 reasonably sharp. Praise specifically went toward uh, the ensemble performances and the kills, which is something that I don't think has been particularly praised in the past iterations. Uh, So that was cool to see. Uh, This one cost $35 million to make and is on track to far outperform Scream 5. It's projected to earn 35 to 40 million in its opening weekend, and that is a franchise record. Um, and that's insane for a movie like Scream, for like a like a horror movie to do like it's a budget in one week. And that's crazy. Can't wait for Scream 7. And it's like it's kind of unprecedented for a, a six movie in a franchise to be this good, too. Like yeah. usually they just kind of slowly trend down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that praise towards the kills. I think this is the first movie I could confidently say like there is some actually scary kills in this movie. Um, especially when Ghostface picks up a shotgun, like the way the sound oh, yeah. works in that scene just like scared the crap out of me. Yeah, excited to talk about that and that bodega scene. It's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I think with that, let's go ahead and get a little bit deeper. Let's get into our roundtable discussion and break it all down. This is the main part of our show where Austin and I just take a couple points here and there that we really want to specifically break down in more detail. Uh, so I'm excited. We have some good ones on here. Um, I guess I'll start us off this time. So. Obviously, Scream, I think when you talk about locations, you got Haddonfield for Halloween. Scream, you always had Woodsboro. And they, they made some trips outside of that here and there. So, of course, iconically in Scream 3, going to L.A. to make <laughs> the movie about the movie. But uh, here, this was a big deal. You know, we were back in Woodsboro for Scream 5, but we've abandoned the small town feel for New York. Um, they even kind of call it out in the movie. It's like, we're in New York now, so it's going to be like a bigger, crazier ghost space experience. Uh, but my question for you is, did you like that? And were they able to kind of keep that tension that you would expect like a movie set in like a small town would have? Like, can they keep it when you move to like a sprawling city? 
Yeah, I don't think I could say the reason this movie is good is because it takes place in New York, but I think the New York setting helps with some of the set pieces for the scares in this film, um, particularly like the subway sequence and that bodega we were just referencing. I think just that setting of a really congested New York makes for a scarier ghost face experience. Yeah, I think the the move to New York fit this ghost face specifically, um, kind of being a fanboy of the previous ghost faces and keeping memorabilia and making a shrine to them, they kind of, I think, earned the whole, like, you know, let's move to New York and it's going to be a bigger thing we have to deal with. And I kind of agree. I think the set pieces were very different, but they were very good. I thought the bodega was the best. The subway was good. I think it went on a little bit long for me, but they still were able to find some tension here and there, um, which I didn't expect this movie to have at all. Not in a bad way. I was just like, I mean, it's New York. I don't know. But I mean, some of like the scariest things were like uh, getting separated from your group, getting onto a subway or like uh, getting chased by, you know, a killer and running into a bodega. And like the immediate reaction you get when you ask for help is like, hey, there's a line here. It's like <laughs> some of that shit like felt really real. And it's like, oh, that's kind of scary. I liked how they uh, turned some of that stuff on its head. So I really like the setting. And I still think they were able to find that tension. Uh, it was cool that, you know, it's like, why did they go to New York? Did they just leave? And it's like, oh, yeah, they're young kids. So they're going to college. I was like, OK, that makes sense. And then Sam's just there because she's like paranoid and following her sister around. So they had some good threads. Um, I liked how where they started and where it ended. I also like that this ghost face is willing to be kind of out in the public eye. Like when they run into that bodega, you would think, oh, they're safe. They're they're uh, around other people. And then ghost face just walks in and kills everybody. Uh, same with the subway sequence. You would think they're in a crowd. It's going to be OK. But no, ghost face is, is lurking within that crowd. So I like that they weren't like traditionally safe in the way you would expect in these movies. Yeah, same with like, I remember it was surprising in Scream 5 when Ghostface killed Judy, I think, like Dewey's detective friend, or I can't remember, the sheriff maybe. Just in her um, driveway. <laughs> yeah, in her driveway in the middle of the day and also kills her son through the door or whatever. And then we have a similar scene in the middle of New York. We have Ghostface killing Sam's therapist in broad daylight just through his door. Uh, anybody could have seen, yeah, this Ghostface doesn't particularly care about that. And it might be because... Uh, this ghost face is particularly unhinged, um, so they just don't care. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like that. I feel like whenever people talk about New York in movies, uh, there's that element of like, <laughs> I always, random, but I always think of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies from the 90s when there's literally just turtles walking around New York and the New Yorkers are kind of just like, Oh, like they act like it's normal because like New York, I guess, is supposed to be this <laughs> weird place where you can see anything. So the idea of like seeing somebody in a ghost face outfit, as long as you don't like see them specifically put a knife into somebody, I think anybody's just like, hey, you, there's that guy in that costume. <laughs> like it's not weird to them for some reason. Well, they don't really reference it, but I'm pretty sure it's also Halloween. So everyone's in costumes oh, yeah, anyways. Right. So um, I, you would think they would say it's Halloween night or something, but they they just kind of expect you to roll with it. They kept saying it wasn't Halloween night. They were like saying it was in the week leading up to it. Like the therapist goes, hey, you're not supposed to be here until tomorrow. It's like, wait, <laughs> so how long are they, how long are we celebrating in this world? Because <laughs> uh, in the opening sequence, like they were also dressed up, um, which maybe we should have started there, Austin, because I don't know. Also battling with Scream 1, this is by far like the only intro that I think is worth talking about. You have the iconic Drew Barrymore opening in the first one, and then you have this, which this was, to me, the best example in this movie of doing, like, I think, classic scream meta subversion stuff. Like, the idea that, like, the main people that get killed in this opening are prospective ghost faces that would have been the two 
going after our main characters and they get killed by another ghost face, I thought was pretty awesome. Did not expect that at all. Yeah, me too. And I was actually a little disappointed in the first kill when they reveal it right away. And then they show, oh, this person knows Tara. I was like, are they doing that again? Yeah. Where it's like someone who just knows these people. And then when they die right away, I was like, okay, here we go. And also I like that the ghost face mask is like, when when you see the real ghost face for this film, it's it's creepier, it's more crumbly, it looks dirty. They make it very clear to the audience that this is going to be a ghost face we haven't seen before. Yeah, I just thought it was such a nice touch that um they had that line about the building being red that uh, Tony Valori was supposed to meet Samara Weaving at. And then they do what like every movie does, which is whenever she's getting killed, like does a camera angle looking up to Ghostface as he pulls this knife. He's going to do the final kill. In my head, I was like, okay, he's going to do the Ghostface thing where he says a line, he does the slash, and then it cuts to Scream 6. And then he goes, like, what does he say? He's like, now I see something red. Slash. And then it's like a pause. And I was like, is it going to Scream 6? Where's the logo? And then the movie just keeps going. But then it gets the real Ghostface killing Tony Revolori. It does the exact same shot of the camera looking up to him. He's like, I just wanted to finish Richie's movie. He's like, who gives a fuck about movies? And then kills him. And then you get the logo. I was like, okay. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> I didn't expect this going into this one as well with the New York setting. But uh, this is kind of a Scream 2 remake. Like you have the film set. Um, or you have like the theater experience and you have the college campus. So did that work for you? Because Scream 2 is one of the worst movies like probably ever made. <laughs> probably ever made. <laughs> no, no. It is the worst Scream movie, though. Um, I didn't expect it to work for me, but I guess I mean, I wouldn't call this movie as a whole a remake, but there are so many like remake-esque things about Scream 2. And pretty much every single one of them, with the exception of a few, are done way better. Even like a parent being involved with the ghost face uh, reveal is done so much better than it just being the mom from <laughs> Scream 1. It's done better, but in doing it better, they do lose some of the realistic nature of it. Because we might as well talk about it now. I mean, because one of my big issues with the movie is in Scream 2, you get the worst villain reveal you get that it was Timothy Oliphant who played, like, friend number five that we didn't really know at all. <laughs> and then it's uh, Nancy Nancy Loomis, maybe? Billy's mom. And, like, there's no way we could have you could have known that was Billy's mom in the lead-up. She just walks into the room, and Sydney goes, Mrs. Loomis? It's like, what? <laughs> but, and um, Gail knows her, but they just say she, like, lost weight or yeah. something, so she didn't recognize her. <laughs> I guess what, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, for me, it's kind of easier to believe that, like, one parent or just, like, one person related to Billy, like, snapped after Billy died. Like, that's kind of easy to buy. It's like, okay, it was, like, an isolated incident. It's hard to buy that Richie gets killed in Scream 5 and the entire rest of his family is like, we're going to kill them. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I agree. It was done better. And that ending sequence where they're fighting each other was sick. But I, I couldn't quite shake the fact that it was like, OK, so now I have to buy that three members of a family are willing to go on a murderous rampage because Sam killed their murdering brother. So I guess really at the end of the day, it's a, a family of four and they're all psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. And it's certainly done better than two, uh, but that's not a high bar to clear right. yeah, because yeah. the motive, the motivation's a bit nonsensical in this one. And I did like the motivation in Scream 5 where they just wanted, they hate the the current state yeah. of the stab franchise so they mm -hmm. wanted to create better source material i think that's like a really interesting commentary on fandom today and things like that so that motivation in five is better but everything leading up to the motivation in six i think is just so much better than the rest of this franchise yeah 100 percent. but the other things that i think they did better than scream 2 is i like the college setting more i think having not only a college setting but also 
like the kind of friendships and relationships that develop in college between old friends and new friends, that felt way better done here than in Scream 2. I think Scream 2 has one of the worst supporting casts of the franchise. Really, it's like you get your main trio, then everyone else is kind of like, you don't even remember them. Uh, here, I thought everybody was great. So that's another thing they did better. They used that college setting way more. And then even down to the little references, I liked uh, the Meeks kids uh, in the back of the van with Kirby and like, our uncle this is how he died. <laughs> like he got pulled into a van <laughs> and murdered. And then even, that was awesome. even Kirby's like, oh shit, really? Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, even the little things I did way better than uh, shitty old Scream 2. Worst movie ever made. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's how you phrase it. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, that supporting cast that it sounds like we both are way bigger fans of, um, let's talk about them. Uh, so we get more of a focus on the young survivors here from Scream 5 since the producers fucked Nev Campbell over and she didn't come back because they weren't going to pay her what she uh, deserved. Uh, it's definitely a smaller role for Gail Weathers, not in a bad way, uh, but just kind of all that. Kirby gets, I guess, more screen time than them. But really, at the end of the day, this movie is about... The Core Four, which is one of the better recurring jokes I've seen in a movie in a long time. I thought it was sweet and super funny. Uh, but yeah, how do we uh, like them this time around? Because they really are our main characters. And it didn't even really seem like they knew each other that well in, in Scream 5. Yeah, I think everything from the new characters is great in this movie. Um, the comedy still stays with Mindy. She was the funniest character in Scream 5. Chad, I totally agree with you. Gets a way better uh, presence in this film. He was just kind of a douchebag in Scream 5 and actually did like his relationship with Tara in this one. I thought it was sweet. Um, like we talked about, Tara and Sam being the focused and kind of the co-leads in this movie, I thought was a great choice because Jenna Ortega is just such a good actress. My only complaint here is it does seem like these creators are scared to kill off their characters because everybody that dies in this film is not a very important character. Yeah, you kind of just hit on my other uh, main issue with the movie outside of the, the reveal of the villains and their motivation. My other one is I understand this is Scream. There is precedent like in this franchise for like having close calls where it's like, oh, you, you can get stabbed or shot in this franchise and be OK. I get that. Um, I think they just did a better job in the past of like, like I, like I mentioned in Scream 1 and 2, Dewey was really the only one that had like a holy shit, that guy just died, but then he doesn't. And this one, it, it unfortunately hit that comical in a bad way <laughs> point. And I know they introduced <laughs> rules like in the beginning where it's like, you know, this is a franchise now, so nobody's safe. Not legacy characters and not us. And then none of them die. The only deaths in this movie are in the opening, or sorry, I should say the only significant deaths in this movie are the opening at the very end when the killers get their comeuppance. And then really, if you think about it, the only other significant character is Mindy's girlfriend that gets thrown off the ladder in the middle of the movie. Other than that, no main characters die. It's crazy to say that because at points in this movie, we thought Gail was dead, Kirby was dead, Mindy was dead, Chad was dead, uh, and maybe another person. But there's four people right there, four huge characters. And then with like a snap of your fingers at the end, uh, Mindy's totally fine. She wasn't present for the final thing, obviously. She just runs there. It's like, OK, Mindy's fine. They wheeled Chad out and I laughed audibly because I thought it was stupid. <laughs> uh, I love Mason Gooding. I love that character, but you can't show him get stabbed like that and then have him be fine. Uh, Kirby is apparently totally fine. And then the worst one is they just say that <laughs> Gail Weathers off camera is fine. <laughs> they just said, Gail's going to pull through. It's like, what? <laughs> OK, so I agree with you. Um, it makes that's the one thing that concerns me for the future, because like I was like, ah, oh, it could be cool to start Scream 7 with a smaller cast. But. Now they're just all back again. So it's kind of going to be the same as the start of this movie in a way. 
I totally think Gail should have died in this movie. They, the, the way she got stabbed looked like she did. And I actually think since the producer screwed over Nev Campbell, if Gail dies in this film, there's a reason for her to come back in the next movie. Yep. I bet if uh, Sydney was in this movie, they probably would have killed Gail. Um, but then maybe they thought like, shit, we only have Gail right now. Maybe we shouldn't kill her just in case like we can't get Nev Campbell ever to come back. So then we can have one of those characters. But it's kind of a lame reason. You should have just paid Nev Campbell. I did like at the end when Kirby says you're a legacy character now to Sam and Tara. And I think they actually made a case that they could do another screen movie, but just this core four. I don't know if we necessarily need the legacy characters to keep coming back yeah. in the future. Yeah, I feel the same way. Even though Gail didn't die in five, I remember saying that she had a great ending in five. You know, when she basically was like, I'm going to write about Dewey. I'm not going to write about these deaths. And I thought it was pretty lame. I understand it's Gail's character, but it doesn't mean it was satisfying when she just comes into Scream 6 and it's like, oh, she's just old Gail now. She did write a book about it. It was exploitative. Um, she made the Carpenter sisters look insane after all that Gail has been through as well. It's like, what are you doing? Like, Kevin, you went through this with Sydney and you didn't learn anything. It's like, ah, oh, wow. Okay, so you didn't mean what you said at the end of five. Yeah, they just undid all of her growth from five. Yeah. And that was such a, we all talked about it last year, how sweet of an ending that was for Gail. And they kind of redeemed some of her past actions by making that decision. Um, I think it, it could have been better if she had died in this film because she made that choice to kind of set all this back in motion where if she hadn't written that book, there may not even be these killers coming after Sam and Tara because they wouldn't know who they are. So it kind of would have made sense for a character to die because of those choices. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, I mean, that's kind of like, that's bringing in a lot of like franchise stuff, but getting back to it, uh, despite some issues I had when it came to, <laughs> I guess, not getting killed towards the end, I do love this core four in particular. And I am with you. It's like, they have made a case, you know, starting Scream 7. It's like, we could just fully focus on them, and I'd be totally happy with that. Um, I just hope there's not too many more close calls with them. But like I joked, I mean, in Scream 5, it's like, obviously, Sam and Tara know each other. But, and they mentioned in this movie, they were estranged at that point. So it's like Scream 5 was kind of them coming back together for the first time in a long time. And then both the Meeks kids were there, and I guess they knew Tara, but I don't know or remember if they were, like, close friends. So regardless, that doesn't really matter. Now we're starting Scream 6. They've gone through a collective experience. Uh, they're go they've like gone to college together, and Sam has just tagged along basically to watch out for Tara. Uh, so they've kind of bonded through that. And I don't know. I just thought the chemistry between them was great. Even like smaller scenes that we shouldn't have liked, like watching them sit around a dinner table and like talk and like talk about how they're dealing with trauma differently. Chad introduces the core four, which again, I thought was hilarious. Uh, it's like, oh, we're getting like really sweet scenes between characters that I didn't give a sh like shit about in Scream 5, but now I really like them. And speaking of kind of Chad and Mindy, in Scream 5, Mindy really was kind of the comedic relief. She has the larger role in that movie of, of being the meta self-aware person. She still has that role um, in Scream 6, but the comedy and meta elements are greatly tampered down from Scream 5. This movie leans way more into the thriller and horror side of this franchise, and Matt, I know you've always loved the comedy, the meta nature of this entire uh, Scream franchise. So did this work for someone like you? It sounds like you liked the scarier stuff, but were you missing some of that comedy and some of that meta self-awareness? It was all there. All the pieces were there. I guess I just wanted it to be better. And I guess I kind of already addressed that. It's like there were some good like comedic like pop off moments that I really enjoyed. Uh, some great sweet moments, too. Um, and the meta stuff is there. But like I said, it's just like... <sighs> Outside of the opening, there's not a lot of good meta stuff. Like I said, that opening was like chef's kiss, pitch perfect scream. It was scary. It, there was a lot of funny moments there. And it was like, 
it, they weren't like addressing things specifically. So it wasn't meta in the sense that characters are just saying things. It was that Scream is best when it's being meta in action. And so just the idea of like Ghostface killing somebody, taking off their mask, and you're like, oh, shit, we know the killer. And that guy was going to be Ghostface in this movie, but then a different Ghostface kills him. It's like, okay, love it. Um, outside of that, really, it's just like characters like saying things. It's like Mindy in like a five minute long scene. It kind of felt overlong, just like literally standing and talking and just reading out the rules of a franchise. Again, this was a franchise last time too and the time before that so it's like okay here are new rules and none of those new rules come to pass and mindy i i really like her she's funny i i don't know it, <laughs> the joke with mindy is just that i guess she has this air yeah they're you know obviously they're the nephews and niece of randy so it's like oh they're doing the rules now i i like the idea of, and i think they carried this over from screen five a little bit they did it more here but She's not very good at the rules. <laughs> she keeps getting it wrong. Like, that's funny. Um, maybe they just lean too much into that as opposed to actually making like some type of commentary. Because basically all of the franchise talk, I was kind of like, I don't think any of this is like working in this movie. And it doesn't really apply to any franchise. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is I just the meta stuff was there. I wish it was better. Maybe a few more comedic moments. But at the end of the day, like I said, in the non-spoiler section, this is a horror movie. And a thriller first and foremost. That's not traditionally what Scream is, but it's Scream 6. So I'm totally fine with them taking swings. And the horror side of this a slasher was great. I thought this was the scariest one. Like I said, there still was able to be some tension in the big city setting. And I don't know. I mean, it was gorier and bloodier. That doesn't really equate to scary for me. But it fit the vibe of what this movie was going for specifically. So... I mean, what they were going for worked, I would say. I just wish that some of those other things that were there, but not as much, were better and more quality. Yeah, I think the reason why the comedy and, and meta stuff may not have worked as well in this one as it did in Scream 5 is, is, is it kind of goes back to the villain motivation in Scream 5. That villain is into the fandom. They want this killing to set precedent for better future Scream movies. And having Mindy and Chad more self-aware and explaining the rules, it kind of all plays in together. Whereas this one, it just kind of felt like they were doing that because they did it in the last one. Um, but like you said, with the mix of the horror and thriller side being kind of more of the percentage of this film than the comedy, I think it also worked because like you said, this is bigger, this is gorier, but you also believe that the characters are in danger in this film. Whereas in some of the past screen movies, the ghost face is kind of a bumbling idiot, which does lend to some of that comedy. And this movie ghost face gets beat up. He gets hit, but they're an angry ghost face. And it feels like they're just kind of taking what they're, what they're getting and then giving it right back to the characters. And they're way more violent. They don't fall for some of the dumb stuff that Ghostface has in the past. So I think having Ghostface be scarier was the right choice for this film. Going a more horror route, I thought was a good call. But I think when you fully double down on that and still try and have the meta and comedy in there, it does make some of the things that are staples of the franchise like goofy by comparison. Because I agree with you. I mean, in the past, Ghostface has always been known to be just a person wearing a costume. So yeah, they do fall down. They do get the shit beat out of them. Uh, they do just like randomly trip over things while running. And yeah, that can be funny, but it fits the tone of, I would say, all five of the previous movies. Here, I did, I enjoyed like the kind of the fights with Ghostface. I thought that was realistic. You know, the characters are fighting back. I like that. But there were so many instances where it's like, especially towards the end in the theater, it's like, Chad like punches, I think at this point, we only know there's one. Like Chad punches one in the face for like the 10th time. And then he like runs over to Sam and Terry like, all right, guys, let's get out of here. And I'm like, no, pick up something and bash their head. And I know Chad tries to do that later and then gets stabbed a bunch of times by multiple ghost faces. 
But the point still stands where it's like, I never really thought about that in the other Scream movies, but this one, there were so many moments where I'm like, the person is on the ground. You have to incapacitate them. You know this. You guys have been through this. See, I think the only reason that worked for me is because we saw Gail try to do that and then she got stabbed. Right. So I was happy the characters were, uh, because when it happened to Gail, I was like, just leave. Like, if you go over there, you're going to get stabbed. So when we saw Chad be like, okay, let's just go. I was like, okay, you're, you seem smarter than Gail at least. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's fair. I guess it just stood out to me for some reason. But um, I just, at the end of the day, I think the, the thing I'll you know keep saying about this movie is I really appreciated the shift for this specific entry to a more horror themed one. It makes me wonder if this was the, like the Scream 2 remake, is Scream 7 the Scream 3 remake? And <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but it, it could be interesting. I mean, if they like go full bore into that, wouldn't that mean the ghost face in 7 would be like a ghost face that masterminded uh the scream five oh my killers God, that's the, the dumbest reveals <laughs> they're gonna do it hopefully they'll do it better though because they have what are they gonna do when they get to scream 10 they're gonna remake scream five i guess <laughs> <laughs> you just keep going in order so we've touched on a few of the standout sequences like the bodega and the subway uh was there anything else that stood out to you here for, for me i think the the last kind of big standout is that apartment scene where the girlfriend dies. Um, I love the aspect of like cute guy looking on from across the alleyway and trying to get their attention. And then they have, of course, the ladder sequence. I thought that tension in that scene was awesome. Yeah, I love that. I saw some people online saying, Josh Sigara, what the hell are you doing? Like, leave your apartment and go over there. I'm like, no, this this was so realistic to me. I feel like anybody yeah. would freeze. You didn't get over there in time. Yeah, anybody would freeze and do this in the situation because he can actually see what's happening from the window. He's trying to call her. He's trying to text her. Uh, I thought that was so scary. Uh, and yeah, just like the follow up to that would be the latter part of that sequence, which had some goofy moments, but I thought was still pretty awesome at the end of the day. Really scary. <laughs> um, yeah. Other scenes, of course, the bodega. I think that was probably the best one in terms of just blocking choreography, tension. Uh, and Yeah. Seeing uh, Ghostface holding a shotgun and then use it on somebody at close range was not something I expected to see. And yeah, like I said earlier, I thought the uh, killer reveal was a bit lackluster, mainly because the motivation is so bland and kind of tropey. I think even though uh, Dermot Moroni, uh, Leanna Liberato, and Jack Champion were very good in the movie, they couldn't save <laughs> how bad that motivation was. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't even know what you would call it. It's like the action of that scene after the reveal was pretty standout compared to other Scream movies. Um, I loved it. I loved the, uh, just any of the action that went down in the theater. Um, watching Sam and Tara stand back to back and accept that we have to try and fight these three killers because <laughs> there's three for the first time uh, was pretty sweet. Getting a brick to the face, um, stabbing the boy, and then climbing up the rafters, and then uh, one of them like jumps down and stabs him in the mouth. Uh, the Quinn gets shot in the fucking forehead. So all of that action was pretty standout to me. I like the ending stuff. I also thought the one last scare moment that they always do in this franchise was super funny. Yeah. That was probably the only sequence that kind of made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ethan got stewed. He got the TV on him. That was funny. With the exact same TV, apparently, that they somehow were able to retrieve. Um, that was funny. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it already. Uh, maybe that's a good or a bad sign. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but um, more so than I expected. Uh, Scream 6, and this ties into the, the ending action. Um, picks up the the plot line from Scream 5 that um Sam is the I guess illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis and at the end of 5 it, it wasn't done very well it's just like he, the ghost goads her into killing Richie but it's like I never felt like she was doing a bad thing like she's killing her tormentor it's like 
why does that have to do with but I understand it was more about the trauma. It's like she's trying to deal with the fact that like the original Ghostface serial killer is her dad. Uh, but this movie, I thought, did it better. Do I love it still? No. And they didn't fully commit to it. I love seeing Sam in the ghost face outfit at the end. Loved watching how she killed uh, Dermot Mulroney. Thought that was great. Loved that. I just, I don't know. I mean, did it all work for you? Because then at the end of the day, it really just ends with Tara being totally okay with it. I thought Tara was not going to be okay with that. And then they walk outside. Turns out Sam still has the mask. And then she just throws it. Like, what do you think of, like, continuing some of those plot lines from Scream 5, because really at the end of the day, we're talking about horror, we're talking about thriller, we're talking about the action and like our favorite sequences. That is how kind of the movie culminates. So what'd you think? I thought it was really fun, especially seeing her in the ghost face action. It worked for me in this film. I'm scared about what they're setting up for the future. Because yeah. I think if, if at some point Sam becomes ghost face, I just, I feel like that's going to be a weird turn. I don't know how they'll do it. But I also did like her throwing down the mask and walking away. So I don't think they're very clear on what they're trying to set up here either. I guess they could go either way. I kind of read her throwing the mask as a sign that, hey, maybe at the end of Scream 5, you thought Sam would be Ghostface at some point, but we're actually not going to do that. She's actually you know, going to get through this and be okay and come out the other end. And I'll, that's kind of what it seems like, but I guess they could still do it in the future. Um, yeah, the, I, more so the disappointing scene for me, which like I, I did like a little bit of a gasp in the theater when it happens. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's going to be really interesting for the next one. But whenever she is in the Ghostface outfit, and she takes off the mask and she's already stabbed him like so many times, like all in the arms because he was wearing a bulletproof vest, which I thought was a nice touch. She's just like stabbing him like up and down all of his arms. But then Tara walks in and Tara was stabbed. So I thought maybe she had like passed out or something. And she walks in and she looks like kind of scared. I was like, oh, shit. Are they going to have to deal with the fact that she's not OK with like, you know, what Sam is doing? Like She's like Sam's gone too far. But then it's like Tara's totally fine with it. And again, at the day, I get it. They're killing their tormentors. They deserve to die. But it, like it, there was like little glimmers. It's like, oh, are you setting up something interesting? Like maybe the sisters aren't going to be cool. And then no, they are. So it's like, eh, OK, I don't know what they're setting up either. <laughs> they could very easily undo it, though, too, yeah. where the next movie opens with Tara going, you scared me in the theater or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't want Sam to become Ghostface. I, I like either. that they are a team together. It's going to be I think it'll be jarring for me if they flip it where now she's trying to kill because who would she be trying to kill? I guess just Tara, which I don't think would work. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to do that anymore. I think they've uh, made their decision, but we'll see. All right. Well, speaking of the next one, um, I guess it's it's fair to ask this here. Do we want another one from this cast and crew? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's so weird because you like Scream 5, but you didn't want another one. I did not like Scream 5, but I did want another one. And I think part of it was to like redeem what I didn't like about 5. Uh, part of it was it just sounded like a cool idea. Also, at the time, we knew that Nev Campbell was going to be in it. So I was like, OK, we'll see what they do with giving her a bigger role. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed over the last year. But now I'm in a position where I love Scream 6. That was a blast. And I definitely want more. Um, I think a big part of that is why did Scream go on for four movies? And I think it was really because they developed a really solid trio with Sidney, Dewey and uh, Gail. And so it was just easy to you know, picture them in new experiences and they could go through another ghost face killing. And that's what we have now at the core four. Is it dumb that some of them survived based on how they showed them getting attacked? Yeah, but that's who we have. And we like them all now a lot after Scream 6. So I kind of just want to see them go through another one of these. I know it's simple and like whatever, like great opinion or like, great thought, Matt. But yeah, it's, that's really what it is for me. It's just I want to see these characters come back and go through another movie just because I really like them now and they're very competent and they're funny and like, I don't know. There's there's a lot to like about these characters, so I just want more of them. 
I'm right there with you. Uh, this cast and crew has earned my trust now. I think they can continue to make good Scream movies. Can't wait to see what they do with another one. Uh, and Jenna Ortega is like slowly becoming the queen of horror these days for this kind of new generation of actors. Did you also see, I think maybe yesterday, that uh, I guess they're doing a Beetlejuice 2 finally. Uh, Tim Burton's coming back. Uh, Winona Ryder's coming back. Michael Keaton's coming back. And apparently Jenna Ortega is being eyed to play Winona Ryder's daughter. I was like, all right. Love it. She's our horror queen now. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, cannot wait for what Scream 7 could be. Uh, there's things that excites me. There's things that scare me. It's like, do they just continue with, you know, doing a more horror thriller type movie? You know, Scream 5 was very different from Scream 6. So they, do they make Scream 7 very different? I don't know. If they're trying to emulate Scream 3 the way Scream 6 did too, then that would be precedent to make 7 lean more into the comedy side. But then if you do that, aren't you tipping your hand? Because like we kind of both said, I think one of the, the disappointing things about the killer reveal in this movie is, oh, their, their um, motivation is exactly what Loomis's mom was in Scream 2. So it's like, yes, we understand this is a remake of Scream 2, but now it's not surprising when you tell us the killer motivation. It's the exact same. So that's where I'm kind of nervous. Like if you're trying to recreate moments of Scream 3, that could be really fun, but maybe not do it too literally. I need them to keep making more of these, though, because I need another franchise to get more movies than the Fast and Furious franchise. So keep going. Keep right. chugging along, That's Scream. That's you can fair. do it. We got to make it. We got to make it. I just want more so we can see Chad like squeeze saying core four into more conversations because that was always I good agree. for a laugh. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about um, at the beginning our rankings and we've talked about how mine have kind of shifted in the last year. Uh, but yeah, let's add this in there because um, I know your thoughts on this franchise are very different from mine. So I'm, I'm curious where Scream 6 falls. I think I know. But do you want to start, Austin, or should I? Yeah, my rankings have changed, I guess, a little bit from last year. Uh, I'm going to give number one to Scream 6, number two to Scream 1, and number three to Scream 5. I nice. think Scream 5 has become a bit forgettable since I saw it last year. Yeah. Um, and then two, three, and four, throw them in the dumpster. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, yeah, mine isn't too different, I guess. Well, actually, I guess it is very different. <laughs> uh, there, there's one key difference. Uh, but yeah, number one for me is Scream. Uh, I'm not somebody that when I'm raking things in a franchise, I like prioritize the thing that came first because it's like, I always hate like the, the phrasing, well, you couldn't have made the rest without that one. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but you gotta respect that, that, it. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's better. In this case, this is a rare example of I do think the original Scream is better. I think all the elements that we're talking about in this one um, there's kind of like a different balance of the elements in that one, but I think they're all done better, maybe with the exception of the horror. But again, like I said at the beginning, I didn't think Scream was a horror movie at that time. So that's my number one. Number two, I'm happy to say Scream 6. This movie's an absolute blast. I could not wait to watch it again. I could not say the same thing about Scream 5. Uh, my number three, probably my biggest difference from Austin is uh, got to get Scream 3 in there, baby. <laughs> that movie <laughs> is so fucking stupid, but it is so fun to me. Uh, so rewatchable. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't. I, the only one I'm going to throw out is Scream Two and Scream Five. <laughs> well, Scream Two. I mean, we set it up here. It is, it is probably, probably the one worst of the worst movie movies ever made. Movies ever yeah. made. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I didn't say the worst. I said one of the worst. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, everybody. Um, but yeah, before we close out here, Austin, we just did our rankings. How about we do some quick Arnie's Podcast Awards? This is the part of our show where we can pick something positive, negative, or something in between, just something that we think deserves a specific award. What are you thinking today? Yeah, of course, I have already given out the honorary Mark Hamill Most Improved Actor of the Year Award to Melissa Barrera, but I do have a second award prepared. I came specifically for this segment. Um, I will be giving the Gun Safety Award to Gail Weathers. Mm -hmm. She keeps her gun in a safe, locked up, 
and she is very gun smart. Took her a little bit to get out of that safe, it's but true. I did appreciate she's safe with a gun. Yeah. Her calling Ghostface, like hanging up on him and having Ghostface go, wait, what? And then like calling the number back, hearing the ring and immediately shooting that door was pretty badass. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, mine award is kind of a general one. I think it goes to almost every character in this movie, aside from Girlfriend of Mindy. Uh, and that is the indestructible <laughs> <laughs> And that is the indestructible award. Everybody in this movie, you can get shot, stabbed, it doesn't really matter. You'll be fine. A Chad was stabbed like 70 times by two different people, and then he just gets wheeled out like Subcore four, baby. <laughs> Kirby, how many times did Kirby get shot? I wasn't entirely sure. And she gets stabbed several times. I think, well, I think she got shot three times in the back. <laughs> and she gets stabbed in the gut. <laughs> well, and they did show that the, the guy shooting her raised his gun up a little bit to shoot her from the like, stomach into the head. So did she survive a headshot? I guess so. And the killers in this movie as well, I guess with the exception of Dermot Maroney, just the kids. I mean, one of them gets hit in the face with a brick and we watch her spit all of her teeth out. And then like two minutes later, she's just up and at him and like ready to kill again. <laughs> and then like the boy gets stabbed several times and he just like walks back into frame. Like, <sighs> it's like, what? <laughs> okay. So everybody in Scream now is indestructible. You're a superhero. Enjoy your award. I will, of course, have to give the other side of your award to Girlfriend of Mindy, and right. that is the most destructible award because she falls off a ladder and bashes her head on a Oof, trash can. That was a, that was a hard-to-watch moment. Sorry, Girlfriend of Mindy. <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> Annika, right? Annika. I think I nailed it. Don't quote me on that. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for another episode. And of course, we do want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us at thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of Scream 6? Will Deputy Dewey's reanimated corpse return as Ghostface on Scream 7? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. We had a blast watching the movie and recording this. Uh, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Deputy Dewey. Ew. <laughs>